Fringe Fanatics with Chad Lee and Chris Zane. And we are back. It is episode 44 of Fringe Fanatics, Tuesday, July 25th. Got the date down. Nice. Yes, I am Chris Zane. <clears throat> and I am Chad Lee, and this is the Hank Aaron episode. Yeah, we're doing uh, famous players from each numbered episode from here on out. Chad Lee decided that's the new thing. Once so we that's get to the happened. hundreds, though, that's when it's going to get like, oh, I don't know how we're going to do that. Yeah. That'll just be it. We're yeah. just going to go to 99. 99. Aaron Donald episode will be the last yeah. one. There you go. Yeah. Because, yeah, I don't know. There's, I guess maybe racing numbers. Maybe. Like maybe like NASCAR guys. A hundred. I think. I don't know. I don't know, honestly. We'll have to figure that out when we cross we that bridge. Yeah, yeah. we'll yep. have to figure out. We might have to build a bridge to cross it. That's a good point. You are good at <laughs> asphalt. Yeah, yeah. I'll build a road, damn it. Chris, how the hell are you? I'm doing pretty good, man. Hanging in there. Um Got to work tonight, so it's a little bit of a different episode, a little bit of a drier yeah. episode. There's not going to be any shots taken. That's true. I'm I am partaking in a little bit of one alcoholic beverage, but um, I have to go work in a few hours. So well, don't let them know. Uh, well, listens to this. Let's hope they don't. But uh, <laughs> one of those, I'll be fine in a few hours, man. So you know how it goes. Well, no, but then they have proof that you drank before you came to work. Oh, son of a bitch! Damn, you're well, screwed, man. <laughs> We're screwed. Yep. Shut it down. <laughs> How was the weekend, though, sir? It was pretty good, man. Um, Thursday, we did end up going to the Comedy Works and saw Ben Roy headline. Sweet. That's awesome. Um, he performed a bunch of new material. It was pretty damn good. Uh, we also saw John Novasad, which uh, he's another f- kind of bigger... Denver comedian. It's been around for a while. He's, He's the, hippie. the hippie. That's what the I thought. The hippie, dude. Okay. Yeah. I always forget his name because John he Nova used to said, go yeah. by uh, Hippie Man for the longest yeah. time. I've seen him a few times, and goddamn, that guy's funny, man. Oh, he cracks me up. Talk about local comedians and just how well they do. This guy, I can't wait for him to just like see him on Comedy Central one of these days or like a short little Netflix thing or something. Yeah. I, I could see it. It's pretty wild because, I mean, he is like in his 60s. Yeah. So he's an older dude. And then the guy who opened uh, was this dude named Rick, also an older dude who looked just like a less crazier version of Hippie Man. <laughs> Uh, but they were both in their 60s, and like Ben Roy came out, and he's like, if this was going to be like the release party for my fucking special, do you think I would have two old-ass dudes open for me? <laughs> like, it's good. pretty funny, though. Both those guys fucking killed. Uh, we had a good time. Andrew, Kellen, and Meryl and I went. Cool. Um, had a fun little time for uh, Thursday evening at the Comedy Works downtown. Yeah, it's a great spot. Yeah, it was. Uh, and then what else did we do? Um, I did a bunch more shit around the house because I feel like now, you know, that you're a homeowner, it just never fucking ends. Yeah, you always got to do shit, man. So, yeah, I'm gardening. We got some pretty damn good jalapenos happening Oh, right now, cool. Dude. Yeah, a couple of them are, like, this big, like that round. Whoa. My garden's blowing up. That seems familiar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey. You might have to bring a few of those over. My jalapeno plant isn't fruiting yet. So. Oh, damn, yeah. We got some serranos, a couple of Carolina, Ooh. well, one Carolina Reaper. Whoa. Might fuck around and make some hot sauce. Explosive. Fringe Fanatics hot sauce. We'll That's, sell it. Sounds on like it's got Etsy. a ring to it. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah, man. But yeah, doing that, and then I'm battling the uh, ever-growing weeds in my backyard yeah, after those months of rains. It's just like a Every day we forest. get a rainstorm, man. I know. Yep. It's crazy. That's cool. What Fuck about yeah. you? How was uh, your extravaganza of music it was this wild. last weekend? No, it was wild. Thursday, we went to Sound Tribe at Paramount. And then Saturday, we went to go see him at Red Rocks, and man, I'm feeling it. Like, Monday, I was just, yesterday, I was tired, sore. 
Yeah. Yeah. Just run down, beat down. Yep. Yeah. Staying up late, doing uh, lots of... Uh, Nefarious, nefarious things, things <laughs> to help enjoy the show and it certainly helped things. it was fucking awesome man uh, it was kind of cool i took a picture of the band and posted it to my instagram and then tagged him and then i saw where the bassist used that picture for her post on instagram just like an hour later and i was like damn that, did I, she at least i was hoping you? so man she like, didn't? How do she I just stole your picture well i tagged her and so i was hoping they'll uh, tag the band son of a bitch. i was like damn why didn't i get a fucking shout that's out that's how what people feel when we steal their stuff on online you know oh yeah, yeah <laughs> that is, uh, i was like well I, that's why i didn't get too mad about it but regardless it was awesome and just today we bought more tickets to go see him because in september they're coming to the mishawaka the mishawaka yeah you never heard of it no. What? Oh, yeah. It's uh, the Mishawaka in... Amphitheater? Right out, amphitheater right outside of Fort Collins. I've been once, but it was like... Oh, no, no. I do know what that yeah. one is now. I it's right, out, it the right on no Pooter, Pooter River. In the Pewter? Yeah. little Pooter? Yeah, it's a pretty cool outdoor venue. Nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that'll be fun. Yeah, so is it another nice. three nights? Yeah. Uh, we're just doing one at uh, on Saturday. Loser. They're just fucking draining my bank account this year, man. <laughs> this will be my fourth time seeing them this year. This year? Oh, shit. Yep. New Year's Eve, oh, two yeah. times this time, and then September. It'll be the fourth. That's going to be a good time. They better start paying you. I know, right? Like, come on. Like, a sponsor or something. Maybe they can sponsor us. That would be the fucking best. STS9, if you want to sponsor us, French Fanatics Podcast. Get at us. We'll, we'll promote uh, you guys we'll all the time. We'll use your music for all kinds of stuff. It'll be fun. <clears throat> it fits our profile. Yeah, definitely. Yep. <laughs> it fits your profile, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you've made it this far into the show, please like or subscribe to us on whatever you're listening or watching us on. And if you haven't yet, please like, share, subscribe, and follow us on all things social media. Chad, um, that's going to do it for the intro part of the show. And now we're going to switch things up a little bit. We are. Shall yeah. we uh, call our expert golf correspondent, Mr. Yes. Adam Shinetime? Adam Shinetime Shineman? Yes, let's call him. Get him on the horn, Chad. Let's hear it, because we had a huge major over the weekend. The, not British Open, but the Open. The now. Open. Yeah. <laughs> super intriguing. But it was pretty interesting, and we're going to have was. him break it down. Here we go. Alexa, call Shinetime. Calling Shinetime. Yo, yo. Adam. Yo, 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 yo. What's up, gents? How we doing? Doing good. How's our favorite golf correspondent doing? <laughs> uh, your favorite golf cor- uh, correspondent is doing excellent. Um, I'm happy to be back on. Very um, nice. It's going sh- to be a shame that next month it's going to be... We're, we're done with major season. I know. So may you'll, you'll reach out to me Ryder Cup time, but uh, yeah, this is it for another... Two months, unless you want to talk about Jets. We will be talking about the Jets. You are, I guess we haven't ever dubbed it, but... You're also the Jets correspondent. (laughs) (laughs) It's easy to have a lot of titles when you're involved with this show. (laughs) You're a man of many hats. I I wear many hats for printing. (laughs) That's right, man. You know your shit. That's right. And so... Let's get to it, man. What do you think of this British Open? No, the Open. The Open, excuse me. The Open. My bad. <laughs> My bad. Um, guys, it was boring. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it was kind of boring. It was done for 
from like the get go, I could not believe that Harmon, after after taking a commanding lead going into uh, you know ending Friday going into Saturday, that like that was it that he was going to be the best golfer for the next couple rounds, um, and there was no there was no competition. It was a fun fight to see who was going to get you know second, and we had a lot of people. That were T two at minus sec, uh, minus seven, um, some fun names like Day and Rom. But uh, honestly, man, it was it was a snooze fest, um, and yeah, it, it really was. But kudos to Harmon because he was dominant. Yeah, I mean, you got to hand it to him. I mean, he really took the lead early, and then I think it was like what fifty seven holes that he led. You know, he took it and just ran with it. Yeah, he did, and I think the key, I mean, it really was those putts outside or within 10 feet, you know. Let's disregard the, the tap-ins, you know, anything from three feet, but, like, statistics show that pros make 50% of eight-footers and, like, 45% of 10-footers, and he just put on a clinic for the ages. I don't think we really appreciate how automatic – 53 out of 54 is from that range. And quite honestly, like after seeing a lot of people lip out and not being able to judge the speed or, you know, even, even the arbitrary nature of where the raindrops were or where the wind was blowing, like it was, it was fucking impressive. So his putting won it. Um, he really just stayed out of trouble um, for him. You know, one shot in the gorse, I believe it was on number six on the final round, but, other than that, man, I mean, it, he was as cool as a cucumber, and it was it, it was nice to watch, but not going to be one of the more memorable Open Championships. And you know, Brian Harmon, not you know, he's not a big personality, not even uh, a big guy. I think he's only like five six, right? <laughs> yeah, five seven. I don't, you know, it, it's really funny. You kind of looked at his pants, and maybe there was like rain gear. But his even his pants look like even his pants look like they were meant for like a six foot two guy, and then the cuffs at the bottom just look so wrinkled. Um, and yeah, I mean one of the bigger stories, he didn't get a lot of fanfare uh, from the from the fans. I know that they were rooting for Tommy Fleetwood and Matt Jordan, who's a member there. And, and Rory you know, for of the other Europeans like Rom uh, and Rory, obviously even Seth Straka, uh, European. But uh, yeah, I mean he didn't give a he didn't give a fuck what people were heckling about, and um, there's a lot to heckle about the guy. But it's just a ho hum kind of win. Good for him, man. I've been watching him for like ten years. It's it's insane that that this guy finally won a major. He finally broke through. Yeah, I believe his – sorry, uh, Chris, I just want to kind of play off that. I believe his quote afterwards when asked about it said, well, better late than never. <laughs> you know, what a, what, a be- what a better quote to say rather than kind of addressing that he hasn't won it and then, you know, still got it, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude, the dude's 36 years old. It's just kind of old for winning your first major, but he's been around a while. Um, he was – Tied second at a major a couple of years ago. He's one of a few people to have two hole-in-ones in one round. And I mean, everybody knows him as like this petite lefty, you know, two things that you rarely see on tour. But 
again, man, like his short game was spot on. And yeah, I think it's just very polarizing. I don't think he, it's weird. I've, I've rarely left a major thinking that like the guy, sorry, there's a lot of double negative. I'll say this. I don't think he left the major gaining too many more fans. Um, I think his, he's not like the most personable guy. Um, I think the waggles were insane. I don't know if you guys appreciated the, the waggle meter on the open championship, but just how much, how long it took for him to take a shot. Oh, okay. yeah. I didn't realize he was one of those guys that everybody complains about taking too long to hit shots. Oh, no, and... he like leads the lead. Like there should be a shot clock on him. It was really, I mean, look, the, the broadcast was making fun of him. He would waggle like nine to 12 times. I mean, a golfer like myself at most four to five times, but it is just really, really tough to watch. Um, also, I think what's interesting. So like, look, there's, there's heckling in sports. That's like, you know, because you want the other players, like in this case, Tommy Fleetwood to win or maybe Rory to win. Then there's heckles that are kind of bullying, right? Like he's a short guy, short yeah. guy. Like it's easy to just, you know, shove him in a locker room metaphorically. <laughs> but then I also read something interesting that I just don't think he's in, in, in the Brits, in the British, sorry, in the Brits eyes, he's not like, he, he's just so American like I just don't think that th- that he's the best representative of our culture for Brits. I'm not saying there's anything wrong about just being like a uh, hot dog eating barbecue, you know, uh, you know, just loves his cars, that kind of thing. But in their eyes, they their culture is really against hunting, and it is it has been no surprise, not no surprise, but just. Brian Harmon has not hit away that he loves hunting, that he loves shooting elk and deer and wild game, and then bringing that carcass back and cutting off the body and, you know, just putting it on his mantle. That is not part of the English culture. And I think that's what I, from what I was reading, that's another reason why they're just not fans of this guy. Oh, well, so, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, I heard when he teed yeah. off on the, the the final day, like right when he uh, hit his first drive, someone was like, hit it in the bunker. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, there's a, you want to, this is at a time where Tommy Fleetwood was still in it. Um, you know, Tommy, yeah, he suffered a bit, but the, he was the sentimental favorite. But even guys like Rory, people wanted Rory to, to do well, but. Unfortunately for them, it was just, and I don't, I don't care too much about who won. I think just the bummer is that there was none of that drama. Yeah. Nothing was riding on any of these putts for like Jason Day or Steph Straka. Like no one was coming close. It was just such a ho-hum kind of two putt for par. Just scoring is boring kind of day for Brian Harmon. But again, kudos to him. I'll give you the most lukewarm kudos. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of the bunkers, man, uh, he only hit three bunkers in all four rounds I saw. And I got to ask crazy. you, um, that was one of the big 
uh, news stories from this course were the bunkers. That wasn't, to me, when I watched it, a bunker. It looked like a pit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, can you yeah. explain those type of bunkers? I mean, it looks like if you got stuck in it, you're going to need like a tractor yeah. or something to get it out. Yeah. So, short and steep, and you got to remember that those bunkers are placed where the contours of the fairway are going to feed into them. So it's not that these players are just missing and hitting it to the bunkers. We're talking about missing, you know, from let's say 150 to 200 yards. They're missing a two-yard box. They're missing their target by two yards, and that funnels into the bunkers. So that's hard enough to aim it exactly where you want because a lot of these shots in, in the bunkers weren't necessarily bad. But let's say once you got to them and then you have this pot um, – this pot bunker that like kind of the ridges look like pancakes. What's also different about these bunkers is that they're not like, they don't contour. I'm trying to think of this way. Think of like a bowl that in a bowl shaped bunker, you have a ball that comes in from the left or the right. Inevitably it's going to land in the center. It's just kind of the way that a concave shape works. You drop a ball, it's going to be more in the center. Here, these bunkers are flat, and there's not as much forgiveness. So if you hit it towards the edge of the bunker, it's not going to roll closer towards the middle. It's not going to give you more breathing space. So it's not just that these bunkers are flat. Or Sorry, it's not just that these bunkers are small. It's not that just that they're steep to get out of, but it's also that these types are flat. They are very rare. And therefore, the ball isn't going to have as many favorable bounces where there's a lot of space to hit out of. So it's an interesting design. We don't have them really in the States. Um, but man, oh, man, like, was it wild to watch some of these guys just contort their body, have one limb in, one limb out of the bunker to try and get the shot, hit, hit sideways, obviously, like Justin Thomas going from one bunker to the other. You don't see that. But, yeah, that was that was a big play, and I think that's a really good point. Um, the fact that Brian Harmon was in the fewest bunkers of ever of, of anybody who made the cut, you know, is very telling of why he was able to win. Indeed, indeed, indubitably, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a question for you. Speaking of how this was kind of a boring, um, I've got, uh, go ahead, go, Chris. Do you have anything? Um, <clears throat> no, go with what you got. Maybe mine will, you know, roll off of that one. All right. Well, I've got kind of a. An interesting question here where, you know, do you think it's good for golf that these lesser known guys are starting to win rather than some of the favorites? Like, um, you know, typically it is the more common guys. But last time, last major, we had Wyndham Clark, not a Mm -hmm. super household name. And then this time, Brian Mm -hmm. Harmer, which, you know, like you said, you've known him for 10 years, but to maybe the golf casual like myself, I wasn't aware of him. Do you feel like it's better for golf for these lesser known guys? Or do you feel like it's not as good? First of all, I got the Wyndham Clark, obviously he's my boy, made me some money. I do have to mention (laughs) one of the reasons why I'm butthurt is because I put $5 on Cam, uh, Cam Young, who, as you might remember, was tied was was in second uh, going into Sunday, and it was five for <laughs> payout of nine oh five. So I'm a little butthurt that I didn't catch out because I wish should have made could have made a lot more money. Um, but anyway, uh, I digress. 
That's 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 like the time <laughs> time segment of gambling degenerates. <laughs> Let um, it vent okay. it out. So, so uh, I don't think that these one offs are good for golf because I don't think I think it's harder to kind of manufacture a story and kind of have it build momentum if the, if it didn't exist you know two days three days prior. The the Rory. Um, the Rory stuff is a great story. The Tommy Fleetwood would have been a great story. Um, even someone like Cam Young to finish second last year, finally getting over the hump, that would have been great. Um, Victor Hovland, he's always going to be a favorite, you know, uh, an odds-on favorite to win a major, even though he hasn't yet. But with an unknown guy like Brian Harmon, who there really is no lore um, or mystique around, I don't know if it's necessarily good. There's, I mean, there's a, there were a lot of great stories that you could have had. Um, and I'm just going down the list, like Max Homa household name. It could have been his first time. Jason Day winning a major for the first time in nine years. That would have been great. Um, uh, even Tom Kim, who was on a heater to the end. Um, he's been, he's, he's a young, he's a young gun that's going to be an up and comer. Brian Carmen is like 16 years older than Tom Kim. And I don't think he's like necessarily establishing a legacy. So no, like I don't, I don't think it's necessarily good, good for golf. If just, you know, this guy that hasn't had much fanfare, you know, is it's, it's again, and it's also interesting because Brian Harmon is just, he doesn't care about the limelight. He is as simple as they come. And there is, there's no narrative, no drama around him in his golf career, in his life. And I think we would be better off seeing, you know, Rom win two majors in one year, Rory winning for the first time in nine, ten years. But, yeah, man, so long-winded answer, but no, I don't think this is great for golf. I don't think a Brian Harmon win is going to build the game or what the, the Open Championship was hoping for. Yeah, no, I agree. That's why I was asking because I just feel like it. It can you kind of lose some momentum on it, you know? If there was like a big chance where maybe he comes through and does it again next year, maybe the first major of the year or something, then that'd be a different story. But yeah, I just don't really see that happening. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like <clears throat> these Americans, you know, we're going to root for American. You might as well root for a guy that has been building up his legacies, up and coming. I mean. I would. I want to see one of the Ryder Cup guys from the last Ryder Cup two years ago come close. Like I want to see Tony Finau. I want to even see like Patrick Cantley. He's been around for a while. Like I'd love to see these guys make some pushes. Um, but again, like is Brian Harmon really the big story? To be honest, I think a bigger story might be Scotty Scheffler not winning a major this year. Um, yeah. And yeah, especially when, with how well he's been playing. Well, that's a good point because, um, well, you know, he kind of sarcastically said with how well he's been playing, right? Because, I mean, yeah. he's um, – with how well Rom did, what did Rom finish, like fifth or sixth? No, Rom was tied well, uh, sec- Rom, or for second. I mean, Rom was second. tied for second. Okay. So after Scheffler, you know, going into this weekend, Scheffler was still the number one ranked golfer in the world. Do you think Rom should surpass him over this after this weekend? Um, I don't, man. I mean, what Scheffler has been doing, I, I think he's like, 
I mean, he he's had so many top five finishes this year, and this was like this was his worst major. I I, I still think Scheffler is number one. Okay, he's. I think he's like been. I think the stats are like twelve straight top ten, something something around that line. I mean, it's just it's fucking outrageous what he's doing. Um, let me see if I can pull up the stats, but. Hmm. Yeah, he's got that's crazy. Eighteen top twelves in a row and wow. seven top fives. Think about it, seven top fives. Well, that's so why I ask you, Adam. You know your <laughs> shit, man. That is a good. That proves your point there, man. He should yeah, be number you know, one. Consistency. Oh, so fucking insane. That is nuts. Chris, you got anything oh, for him? Um. Well, you know. I guess we'll move on from the open since it's been kind of lackluster. I guess the one thing that I want to kind of get your thoughts on since we haven't talked about it since is the live merger. What do you think's going on? How do you think it's going to play out? And then the other thing I want to ask is what's your thoughts on the jets alternate uniforms? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, I think the live merger, I don't think there's going to be anything live related. I think it's more about PGA and the PIF, uh, the Saudi investment fund. So I think live the product is going to be disbanded. I don't think we're going to see guys, you know, in shorts or guys play in three rounds of no cuts. I think it produces harmony at the right time, whether it's coincidence or not, it's coming at a time where the Ryder cup is coming up. Right. So they had, you know, Ryder cup is every two years. So they had all year last year to dick around with, you know, with saying like live is here to stay, but now that's a Ryder Cup year, I think it's great timing so that we can see uh, we can see Brooks. Brooks is definitely going to make it, but we might see Bryson or DJ on the 16 person um, Ryder Cup. But a lot of people that you know, again, that were on live wouldn't would these big names that were on live would not have been eligible for the Ryder Cup. So I'm glad that that's over. And look, uh, I think that. This merger means more money for the players. I think it's going to mean fewer events. It'll be interesting to see what it means for the world rankings with regards to the DP tour because they're also being uh, they're also being merged in terms of like everything is coming together as like one unified world ranking. But um, I'm just glad it's done with. I think it was always a sexy story. We get it now that it's always about been about money. Um, and let's just move on to talking about the golf. Um, and yeah, there was no talk about it this weekend. It's crazy. Yeah. That months ago, like think about when Brooks won the PGA championship two months ago, it was a real like live versus PGA and live one. It was the same shit when Brooks was against Rom in the masters, but fortunately we didn't have to battle this out, which was very, very nice. So. Um, two things uh, on that. Um, the world rankings they were talking about like retroactively, um, basically giving some of these live guys points back for the live stuff. Do you think that's still going to happen? And then also the fallout from Jay Monahan and not telling the players and all of this stuff. <clears throat> do you think that's going to be an issue moving forward? I mean, I think trust is already broken. So with the live points, I'm not necessarily sure yet um again i think right now what's important with the points is how 
it dictates who's going to make the Ryder Cup um, outside of the captain's choice. Um, so it's it's really not going to affect that. Um, but with regards to uh, Jay Monahan, I mean, trust is already it's already gone. I don't think that can be regained. I think he had this kind of psychosomatic, you know, that, you know, he fell ill or had, what was he like injury? He went to the hospital. I think a lot of the pressure got to him. Um, I don't know if it's coincidence that he had like a, I don't know if it was a panic attack or mini cardiac arrest or whatever, but I mean, it was around the time where like he became a pariah. Um, no, the trust is, the trust is gone. Um, and like the only way that the only way that the players will trust him again is more money or guaranteed, you know, minimum salary money talks. Um, yeah, yeah. Basically getting rid of the cut more or less. Yeah. It's all money. I mean, that's yeah. why all these guys move. You, you, you saw Dustin Johnson on full swing. They're paying me more money to work less. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He he did have the most like refreshing answers when they asked him. It's just like, yeah, I totally get that. Yeah, it's all it's all money. Um and Jets, what do you want to talk Jets? Oh, the new uniforms that were just released. Oh. Yeah. What's your thoughts on them? Uh, I don't know, man. We've had a lot of uniforms in the past. Uh They're white and green. <laughs> yeah, nothing too exciting. Are you excited to watch them on uh HBO, this or the Max, whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah, hard knocks. Hard knocks. Uh, yeah, right. Um, I am excited. Uh, that was our best. You know, it's it's a. We're trying as Jets fans. We're trying to do this like weird nostalgia tour of what it was like to be relevant. We haven't won <laughs> yet anything yet this year, but we're relevant. You know, oh, that's we're getting for sure. Our first Sunday night. We're getting like so many primetime games. We're getting our first Sunday night football game in like eleven years. That's crazy. Not been, think about as Chiefs fans or even like Broncos, like they and Broncos in the mid 2000s. Yeah, Kings. they took away our games last year. Sunday night, <laughs> Sunday night football, like a quarter of the season. We have not had an NBC Sunday night game since I was a senior in college. Holy That's crazy. So we got that going for us. Um, but I am, I am stoked to watch them on Hard Knocks. Won't be as won't be as memorable as with Rex Ryan, um, which he fucking loved that shit. Rob Sala, not so much. No, oh, he ate it up. Uh, well, they're yeah, talking about over. they're <clears throat> talking about getting rid of like one of the best parts, the cuts. Supposedly, the Jets aren't into uh, glorifying the cuts, so they might not have that on the Hard Knocks episodes. Oh man, that's like one of the most like. That's like the most compelling Human part of it. Yeah. yeah, it's juicy. You yeah. know, it sucks to see it, but it's it's part of the game. Yeah. So we'll it see how that plays out. You know, especially you know in training camp, you're starting out with like 90 players. You got to cut almost half the squad. Yeah, yeah. It kind of is important to see who gets cut, but um, yeah, maybe there is some negotiation because the Jets and Rob Solid did not want to be on hard knocks, but. The NFL said you have to. <laughs> yeah, There's Big Brother cool. said you There's... do it. Damn it! That's what I'm excited yeah. for, man. Is seeing how Rogers is so despondent when trying to answer these questions or forced to answer, <laughs> yeah. getting interviewed. You know he's going to be so cold about it, and you know, yeah, just short, curt. <laughs> yeah. By the way, like there are rules for hard knocks. 
Like, you have to go. You can't have a new coach. Yeah, we were. We went there. over this because Chad. Um, and I had I to were break arg- it down, and we're Chris. arguing. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, there there really wasn't too many teams, and so when you look at those four teams, it's like, oh, well, obviously the Jets. And so, you know, if you – and what I was kind of breaking down last week is this – or when, whatever week that was, like, you know, if your boss – or, you know, like my job, you know, if they come through and, you know, we have a warehouse where we sell construction supplies and stuff like that, if they do a demo or like a customer appreciation day, I can't be like, no, I don't, we can't, I don't want to do that. I don't have a choice in the matter. <laughs> yeah. It You're is what doing it is. It. And so regardless, if they're the Jets or not, they are still employees of Roger Goodell. <laughs> so, and HBO technically, because I believe HBO has a say in who they choose. Probably. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm excited for it. Yeah, I am, I am too. Um, oh, man, I'm so fucking stoked for this year. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. So. Sunday night, man. I got it circled. Can't wait for that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We already talked about this, but I will not be at dawn. I do not want to bring bad juju. Roasting <laughs> juju. Uh, I'll talk will, you into it. I'll talk you yeah. into it, man. We'll be texting throughout the game. It's but hard to text Chad when he's at Don's. Do your cheap first down bullshit. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we'll see. We are going to New York, so it'll be a tough one. It's in the no, I thought it was in Kansas City. Oh, is it? Man, I forgot. Oh shit, I don't even know. I think it is in Kansas City. I think he's right. Oh wow. Well, yeah, sweet. Totally. Okay. Never mind. I've been so yeah, focused totally on other crazy. shit, I forgot. Well, hopefully good. we can get Chris Jones back by then because he's trying to get paid. He wants that money. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Wait. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It is at the Jets. It's at New York. You are correct. Okay. I was thinking of it in Denver the next week. Yeah. So I got both of you guys. Yeah, the uh, return of Hackett. For all the listeners out there, I'm trying to save my ass. I was confusing the co-host. <laughs> got the, got it's the, easy to confuse me, man. It's not that hard. <laughs> well we'll definitely have to have you on around that time that'll be good yeah i mean i'm always happy to to talk jets and you know everything that's going on i here's what i'll say here's a little teaser and i don't think i've brought this up because i've been on cloud nine with aaron Rodgers stuff but our our defense still has something to prove i know we were fourth last year in total defense but there, we were like dead last in the year before. And I just saw a stat that teams that have, so we gave up 12 less points per game last year than we did in the previous season. With that big a discrepancy from one season to another, teams usually regress. And it's more about like, it's more about your opponents and strengths of schedule rather than the personnel. Mm-hmm. So I'm worried a little bit about a regression. But I also realized, like, I was also thinking, like, our schedule last year, we played a lot of second and third string quarterbacks. So we started out seven and four. Don't know if that's smoke and mirrors, but I think our defense still has something to prove because the offense will be much, much more improved with Aaron Rodgers over Zach Wilson. That is without a doubt in my mind. Yeah, sometimes. Defense still be top 10. (laughs) I. I'm I'm intrigued. I, I hope Quinn and Williams is one of those guys that just got paid like a hundred mil and just will just cash it in. 
So yeah, you got to hope so, not. Uh, yeah. The I Jets definitely not, have but... the supporting cast that they need. Like we've been saying for a while, they're just that quarterback <laughs> away. You just need to not have a Disney series villain as your quarterback. You know what I mean? Like a high school Disney <laughs> villain. That's <laughs> <laughs> yes, one way. Yeah. One way of put, putting it, uh, putting it kindly. The milf hunter. But yeah. The milf hunter. That's true. That's, yeah, that's true. Yeah. No more Mike White. No more Mike White. No more Mike White. <laughs> the warrior, the gladiator. Well, we're looking forward to it, man, and uh, we'll definitely have you on again soon. You know, training camp's going on, and it won't be much longer. Yeah, absolutely. We've got Ryder Cup coming up in a couple months, but yeah, I'm always happy to talk to Jets and uh, NFL previews. However you, however you guys want to utilize me on the show, always here to help. We'll take advantage of you the best we can. <laughs> I love it. All the ways. In all the ways. <laughs> all right, Adam, dude, thanks for hopping on again. We always appreciate it, and we hope you have a really good rest of the night, man. Yeah, you guys, thanks so much again. Thanks uh, a lot, Adam. Appreciate it. Take care. Yep, see ya. Bye. Toodles. All right. We did it. We did it, Adam. Again, always dropping the knowledge, bringing the heat. Killing it, man. Killing it. so much more about golf than me. Yeah, both of us. Um, I did want – I came up with a few other things, and I saw you see me trying to interject, but I was like, ah, they're not really, like, points to interject. Um, I know it wasn't the the best open, the open uh, in recent years, but a few things about uh, Harmon, um, his – 51 holes and his minus 13 lead is the second largest margin of victory behind Tiger Woods. Um, Adam did mention this. He was 36. Um, he's the oldest to win a major for the first time since Sergio Garcia won the majors yep. in 2017 or the Masters in 2017. Um, and he was 125 to one underdog heading into the wow. Open. So if you put money on that, you make some you dough. Banked up, banked. And I also want to add something just real quick because Adam. <clears throat> yes, I will. Okay. Adam touched Feel on it a little bit, but I think it was from eight foot. He said he made 53 out of 54 from eight. And um, I had heard on PTI, um, this is within 10 feet, which is even tougher, 59 out of 60 putts he made. He was just locked in. Yeah, that's crazy. It's just automatic. so nuts, man. Uh, one other thing, uh, and then we'll move on into the rest of headlines. Um, he joins Bob Charles, and who won in 1963, and Phil Mickelson, who won in 2013, as the only lefties to win the infamous Claret Jug. Oh, wow. So. Which he, will, he did say that he's going to probably be putting a few pints in, and he's never going to take his eyes off of it. Yeah. I mean, you I, get it for a year, so I guess do whatever you want with it. Yeah, I would definitely drink out of it, man. It's yeah, a cup. I do all kinds of weird things in it. I'd probably pee in it just because. Just because. It's yeah. yours. Yeah. Maybe Kool-Aid I don't want to get there. up out of the living room. I'm just going to stand <laughs> in the living room and pee into the Claret jug. <laughs> they get it back. They're like, why does it smell like piss? <laughs> I don't know. It smells like asparagus. <laughs> Shit, I forgot I ate asparagus that night. Damn it. It's, it's mine. I can do with it what I want. <laughs> well, all right. So we're starting off headlines a little bit differently. We went ahead and rolled with Adam, Shine Time, um, just kind of rolling through the golf to begin headlines. But now we are going to move into the NBA. There's only a couple things to talk about in the NBA. Very true. Yes, and the first of those is Jalen Brown. Back up that Brinks truck. My man got paid. Biggest contract in NBA history so far. 
Yeah, just surpassed Jokic with yep. his $276 million super contract. Now Jalen Brown gets five years, $304 million. What does that contract. break down to? $60 million a year? <sighs> you know, let me do some math because I did not actually write it down what it was yearly. Um, so, well, five times six is thirty. But let's get it. So. Let's get it right with decimals and everything. Sixty point eight. You're pretty yeah. close. Okay. <laughs> we needed that point eight, dude. We gotta be. <laughs> Thank you. We gotta be, Mister Accountant. <laughs> <laughs> All the way down to the last decimal point. Yeah. Well, that's so sixty point eight. Yeah. Of money. That. You can do math. Let's add a couple things here too. Okay. They just paid this guy a lot of money in. The conference finals last year against the Heat, he had more turnovers than he did assists. Mm, that's Think very about true. that. Yeah. He also shot 16% from three. Yeah. So this is a guy you're going to be paying $60 million for that basically just choked in the conference finals. Yeah, that is true. But on the other hand, his last year, he did have his career best at 26.6 points per game average and 49% shooting from three point. Yep. So... Yeah, I mean, it does suck that he kind of, you know, withered in the playoffs. Um, but, yeah, they're about to have to pay Tatum, too. Tatum's yeah. eligible next uh, summer for his Supermax, and they are one of the most productive duos in the NBA. That is no doubt. They have a lot next of... to Jokic and, and Murray. Yeah. Well, they do have, like, the most 30-point duos, I think, of anybody right now. Yeah. But, you know, now they added Kristaps Porzingis, so we, you know, we may see. You know, they may get some shit going. What? Yeah. The unicorn. He's all right. <laughs> That's what they call him, dude. Well, the next news is uh, a little somber. Uh, yeah, it's just weird. in the news today, so we wanted to bring it up. Bronny James, LeBron James' oldest son, collapsed during practice at USC from cardiac arrest. The news we have so far is that he is out of the ICU and in stable conditions. So prayers to him, and I I hope he recovers fully and is able to get back to the court and his family. It's uh, it's a real shame. Yeah, it's super weird. I did want to mention one thing because this is just strange. It's the second straight year that USC has had a player suffer cardiac arrest. Who was it last year? Uh, his name is what is it? Uh, Vincent Uwachokwu. Um, he was like a top ten prospect. Uh, he was hospitalized for a few days and returned to play in 14 games, but just very strange that USC had two players in back-to-back years suffer cardiac arrest on the court. That is weird. Yeah. yeah, strange. I don't know if that really means anything, but I just saw that, and I was like, that's that's weird. Well, we seem to be having these uh, younger people collapse to cardiac arrest more and more frequently, so... Uh, Strange. I don't know. Lay off the the vape pins or whatever people are doing. I don't know. It's the jewels. I have TikTok. <laughs> no, I don't trust TikTok. The jewels. Yeah, Who knows? It's jewels. It's we don't jewels make and TikTok. Claims. That's for sure. <clears throat> yep. Uh, well, th- let's move into the NFL. That's about it for the NBA. Not too much happening as we sit in the off season right now. Oh, um, one what? last thing. I did. I'm going to throw a little curveball to you, man. Oh, you did you see? And for all our listeners out there, it's going viral right now. Go look up Jokic dancing after winning his horse race. Oh, yeah, I did it see that. It is so satisfying. Well, now there's people talking about, like, how come he's happier about his horse winning a championship than him winning the championship? And it's, like, turning in this whole narrative of, like, Who he doesn't care about basketball like he does his horses. And it's like, well, maybe he doesn't. 
You know but what? One if of I those won... is his job, and one of them something that he really Thank enjoys you. to do. So Chris, I don't if know. you were at your job and someone gave you a trophy for being the best layer of asphalt, I'd would you like... just do jump up and down? Yay. Or when the Born Readies are playing a show like a uh, Battle of the Bands, and you guys win, we win it all. Don't you think you would be dancing? Yes, exactly. I'd be a lot more happy. It's about that. It's not that complicated. It's yeah. his fucking job. But well, that's you know that's how the that's, media works, that's man. The critics, you gotta yeah. have things to talk about. Yeah, dude, I've points. definitely been tuning out of ESPN a lot more lately. You know, I used to it's watch. It's getting it. bad, especially it's, now with them laying everybody off. Yeah. It's like, what are you even with a lot? What of is those. it now? I, it's it's really just getting tough, especially right now. Obviously, in the off season where there's not much to talk about, they're just yeah. conjuring Anything. these these rumors almost to talk yeah. about, <laughs> and it's just awful. And so I've really limited myself on it. Sometimes you got to, man. You got to I mean, limit the intake of the news. We're just as good as him. So. Yeah, okay. if not better. Yeah. I mean, thank you. Come on, guys. That's right. Uh, so let's move into the NFL. Do you want to start it off? I sure will. I think you got the numbers behind it. Just before Mr. Ray arrived at the Casa, Justin Herbert got paid. Yes, he did. Uh, I believe it's $262.5 million. It's an extension. Yep. Um, so I believe it kicks in next year, if I'm not mistaken. That is correct. And I just got a notification that it's $133 million guaranteed. I figured it was going to be right around $130 yeah. million. So um, I don't know what that's going to break to down break down to <laughs> yearly. Um, yeah, I haven't seen it. It's tough yet. to say with the, you know, the sure NFL contracts. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's getting. I want to know what his signing bonus is too, because uh, he's got to get a signing bonus. I hate how loud that drink is. It sucks. I'm sorry. I wish it's it was okay. like quieter. No, it's fine. It Fucking is what it steel is. Steel drinks keeps it cold though. Yeah. Um, um, regardless, he's getting paid. It's a good move by the. Chargers. Oh, fifty-two point five million dollars a year. He is now the highest paid quarterback above Lamar Jackson by point five. Million dollars yeah. until Joe Burrow <laughs> signs his contract, which will probably be in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, I just want to remind people though. Uh, last year they did how how big of a lead did they have on the Jaguars before the Jaguars came back? Was it twenty seven? Twenty seven points is correct. Yeah. I knew the answer. I just wanted to yeah. say it. Well, That's... we're gonna find out if Brandon Staley is a real head coach or not this year because yeah. I think if they don't do anything better than they did last year he's probably gonna get fired i don't understand how he kept his job i mean it really was one of those things where he was like let's fire joe lamar you know why he kept his job because nathaniel hackett was just in the same division doing fucking way worse shit than him so he Mm kind of got a pass when they're like oh at least he didn't try like a 75 yard field goal in seattle you know (laughs) when the longest field goal was 58 yards i totally forgot about that (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, he definitely had something to kind of buffer him a little bit. So, yeah, that might have been his saving grace. It could have been. And also, he's got a you know generational quarterback. Well, that and he uh, used his offensive coordinator as a scapegoat. He said uh, he pointed. Uh, it was his fault. <laughs> yeah. And that guy got fired. That he guy kept his job. It. That's basically what happened. Him. Uh, <laughs> let's move to some bummer news for me. The Chiefs start camp. Without Chris Jones, yeah, he's, he's holding out, trying to get thirty million a year, and we don't have shit to pay him. So I don't know how they're going to make it work. Yeah, but Some, someone might have to restructure. He might, uh, he might not play. I don't know. I don't know. Really, I'm, I'm looking every time I get a headline. I swear, like every time I, I through the AirPods and stuff. Every time I hear or whatever, just hoping it's the news, and it's been letting it's me not. down for a while. So. 
Get it done, Brett Veach. That is a little bit of a bummer, but sometimes you can't work miracles. Uh, there's only so much money uh, to He's go around. He's worth it, though. I do believe he is worth it. Speaking of money, um, is Saquon Barkley a scab? He crosses the proverbial picket line uh, that the running backs drew in the sand last week. Um, they did have a Zoom meeting where a lot of the running backs who are waiting for contracts got together. And a lot and, of other running backs on yeah, there, too. Yeah, I'm sure a, a lot of them were there, but they vehemently, that's a hard word to say, vehemently. I like that word. Um, were you know, upset about what's going on. They're not getting contracts. They've basically been relegated to uh, fifth-year option guys once you get drafted. And... Um, Right after that Zoom meeting on Saturday, Saquon Barkley takes uh, a restructure to his current deal that was paying him $10.1 million per year. He now structures in some um, basically, uh, God damn it, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, incentives. Yep. It's been incentivized. And a $2 million signing bonus. $2 million signing bonus. But the thing is, he still is, he left it in the ability for them to franchise, franchise tag him next year. So they like still mis- could franchise tag him. Sounds so he like might a have fucked. mistake on his agent's part. Um, the incentives, though, would bring him up to $11 million, uh, totaling 909000 basically. He gets 303000 for each of the following if he rushes for 1,350 yards in the Giants. Giants make the playoffs uh, if he gets 11 touchdowns and if he gets 65 receptions. So for each of those things, I mean, the 1350 and the Giants make the playoffs are one. um, But basically, three of those things is what will get him his full incentives. Unfortunately, uh, he has never rushed for 1,350 yards. Yep. uh, And he only got 11 touchdowns once in his career. And he hasn't caught in 65 passes since his rookie season. Not to mention the Giants will be facing a much more difficult schedule this year. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he's going to make any more money. I think they might have just been like, guess how we're going to get you to pay play for the same yeah. fucking amount. <laughs> I think they won that deal. We'll give you $2 million, okay? Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. That's not a, that. The signing bonuses are cash, so that's not a cap uh, hit. Yeah, nothing. totally. Yep. So I guess that's maybe the way he's looking at it. He's getting an extra $2 million. Uh-huh. But, yeah, I don't know. This kind of plays into what we were talking about last week, which I sent you that meme, and let me pull that up, Yeah. Uh, in regards to uh, the argument against paying running backs. Um, the running backs that have won the Super Bowl. The teams that with the running backs uh, the last, what, five years or so. I think so. So the 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 past ten Super Bowl winners. Um, so you've got Isaiah Pacheco seven hundred and five thousand dollars in twenty twenty two. Cam Akers eight hundred and ninety thousand dollars twenty twenty one. Leonard Fournette a whopping two million dollars. Damian Williams twenty nineteen for the Chiefs one million fifty thousand uh, dollars. Sony Michelle four hundred eighty thousand dollars twenty eighteen. Uh, LeGarrette won $900,000 2017, 2016 him again. Uh, well, that's nice. $760,000. He made money. He, he jumped up there from, from year to from year. From the Eagles to the pay. Yeah. Kids. Um, and then we'll stop on CJ Anderson, <clears throat> the Broncos, 2015, $585,000. Yeah. 
These guys crazy, aren't the, man. The, the highest getting. I mean, the highest guys are two million dollars in terms of Super Bowl winners. So, Which is kicker money. Kickers, yeah, are kickers more money. money. And now it's just like, why would I pay somebody yep. whose career is probably going to be over by the end of their rookie contract? The Chiefs have an undrafted running back that is making a lot of impact right now in training camp. Uh, Deneric, I believe that's how you pronounce his first name. Deneric Prince, huge guy, yeah. almost the size of Derrick Henry or so, making a huge splash. And it's like he's an undrafted guy. They know what they're doing with this. Well, you know what's fucked up, uh, uh, Isaiah Pacheco, just on that. Um, they don't have to do anything for him after four years. Yep. He's done. Yeah. He doesn't have a fifth-year option because he wasn't drafted in the first round. So it's just like they can just cut him, and that guy could be the next guy, Daneric, whatever his name is. I would not doubt it if that's the case. Yeah. <clears throat> it's crazy. We're basically going to, you know single serving throwaway running backs they're yeah one, disposable one, one contract and you're done so it's a shame man i it really is a shame. hope something changes before then um on to a different team cj gardner johnson now on the lions avoids major surgery a lot of people thought he might have to take a you know a lot of time off Seems like he's avoiding it, but it was a big scare, so we'll have to keep an eye on that. Well, yeah, he got the dreaded sniper from the stands, you know, yeah. the <laughs> the non-contact. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Getting hit from nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. But. So, and, then, and usually, man, I mean, that's what happened to Tim Patrick on the Broncos last year. He caught the ball and was running, and then his knee just blew up. Just so can happen. Yeah, yeah, you never know. So keep an eye on it you know it seems like he's all right but hopefully nothing worse comes from on that. the other hand though naheem hines not all right totally different situation totally different on a lake sitting on a jet ski when all of a sudden another guy in a jet ski rams into him just obliterates him and, and his, his knee, knee. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and that he's sucks, done for the year gonna need major surgery um, it's not like it's a huge loss for the Bills. I mean, unfortunate for Nahee Mines. I hope he gets to feeling better. But um, he only had six carries last year for the Bills, but he did have that remarkable uh, kickoff yeah. return with, after DeMar Hamlin's incident where it just lifted that team. So uh, it's a big shot for the team morality and locker room, I feel like. Yeah, definitely. It is a super big bummer. Um, did you see, speaking of knees, Javante Williams, nine months after tearing his MCL, LCL, and his uh, PCL, will be ready for training camp. Oh, I know. And will start. Yeah. <laughs> week one. That's Shocking, insane, man. Dude. I don't know if he got stem cells or what. I don't know how it's he crazy, he's going to be ready, but we'll see. It wasn't too... It was literally like... Not even five years ago, you were like, aside from Adrian Peterson, you were done for like a year and a half. Oh, yeah. At least a year and a half. Nine like, months now. This guy's already cutting and running. It's fucking crazy, man. Yeah. I don't so, know. The medical advances. Yeah, um, the last, news for, yeah. <laughs> last news for NFL. Chris will take this one because he can pronounce the guy's name. Oh, in Yome and Wazarike. Yeah, they're Yome Wazarike. Suspended indefinitely for gambling. Yes, he fucked up, uh, which now leaves us thin in an already thin area. Yeah. And we might see the return of Shelby Harris. We'll see. He's out there. I don't know if they'll actually bring him back. But, yeah, I doubt it. Uh, there well, they was... need a D in. He's more of a D lineman, right? Well, kind of, yeah. But they just need more people in the D line room just in need general. Need some bodies. Need some bodies. Well, let's go try out. Um, yeah, let's do it. Um, yeah, it's it sucks. It's uh, the year suspension. Maybe we'll do an ELE on this depending on where we both sit on it. But I am beginning to think like the year suspension for your first offense is a little on the harsh side. 
And Sean Payton even came out in a really? USA Today article and uh, said that he thinks it's uh, not the best idea to have these year-long suspensions and even brought up his own year-long suspension. Oh, I bet in he the does article. feel pretty strongly yeah. about it. <laughs> so I have not read the article. I just heard about it earlier today. Um, so I don't know exactly what all he said. So I'm not going to quote him on anything. Uh, but he was basically just saying, I think it's a little bit ridiculous. These guys are getting year suspensions for the first time they do something. Um, but it, it is kind of, I mean, of, it's clear they're trying to make a statement with it, you know, with the harsh, punishment. It just, I mean, how can you, how can a guy beat a woman and start six to eight games? No, later, I agree. You know, I totally agree, man. Uh, that doesn't, doesn't make sense to me. Look very good. Nope. Um, <clears throat> they care more about gambling. No. Yeah. So it's the money and that's where the money's coming in and fucking, you know, bricks of gold at this point is the gambling and the ties to the gambling um all the way around in the NFL and most other, you know, leagues at this point. So um yeah, it's it's I don't know. What yep. are you gonna do? Well shall we move on to F one? Um yes. Let's do it. Let's okay. move into F one. I was gonna talk about all the uniforms, but it's it's not that big a deal. Well, let's talk about the Broncos one because that was pretty cool. Oh yeah, I hate it did to just say happen it, today. It is, at least it's nice that you know they're changing it up, or you know at it's least the for first all white helmet. Games. You know, it's just for a couple games, right? Uh, I think it's just for the color rush game, so maybe yep. two. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, all white helmet, uh, blue and orange throwback color stripe down the middle, and the old school D logo. Uh, it's going to be worn with the all orange color rush stuff. I think it'll look cool. I also think it'd look cool with the with the white uniforms, but they also just need to redesign their uniforms and get rid of those fucking tribal fucking things on the side. I don't yeah. like it anymore. Yeah, I feel you. It's, it's way but, past But, you know, they brought a Super Bowl, so I can't really argue with it there. That is a good argument. Um, oh, one other thing. Did you see that uh, Jaguars uh, coach came out as gay? He's the I, first. I did see that. Gay head coach. Well, not head coach, but first gay coach in the NFL, which good on him, man. I mean, yeah, that takes a lot of courage. Good for that guy. Definitely does. Let's see what his name is. I want to call him out. Uh, Call him out. (laughs) I want to call him out. Uh, Kevin Maxson comes out as gay. He's the first um, coach in the NFL to come out as gay. He is on the Jaguars. He's a strength and conditioning coach. Um, It's just nice to see uh, progress, you know, on any level. Yep. We've already had gay NFL players, and I'm sure there's been a hell of a lot more than have actually come out. Very true. Um, probably across all sports, but yeah, it's yeah, things are happening. We're yeah. progressing. We're moving forward. Yeah, progress. Forward and onward. Yeah, upward, right. upward and onward. <clears throat> Something. Hit the button for F1. F1. I don't have the button up on here. I wish I did. Oh. But um, <laughs> I thought you had a sound for it. Uh, we're going to upload all those sounds next week because okay, we got bad. them all figured out now, finally. Um, and they will be uploaded next week. Um, so right now. Same thing. Nice. <laughs> well, surprise, surprise. Max Verstappen wins again. 12th straight win for Red Bull. And I believe it's his seventh or eighth. It is his seventh straight win. Yeah. Uh, and the 12th win for Red Bull surpasses uh, the 11 straight set by McLaren in 1988. Um, so, yeah, Red Bull is incredibly good. 
F1, apparently. So. Yeah, Lewis Hamilton started from the pole position ahead of Verstappen, who muscled him out of the first corner and just never looked back. Yeah, that was also the only time uh, Verstappen's been beat on the pole, I think, in those last... I think it was he was six straight since he mm-hmm. started winning. He was on the pole. So, um, yeah, it's crazy, man. The guy, it's... He won by... Let's see, what was Lando Norris's time? Um... 33.7 seconds behind Verstappen. God damn. So half a minute. <laughs> it's Crazy. insane. Um, he also got best lap, so bonus point for that. Yeah, that bonus point also basically put him ahead of his teammate Sergio Perez um, by 110 points uh, in the um, race points lead. Yeah. Uh, the weekend, like you said, it was almost perfect aside from losing out to Hamilton, beating him on the pole position. Hamilton almost uh, landed on the podium, but wound up in fourth as Sergio Perez took the third spot. Um, Lando Norris takes second on the podium, and McLaren, like I said, whopping 33.7 seconds behind Max. Um, Lando Norris <laughs> also managed to break the Hungar- Hungarian, Hungarian GP first place trophy as they celebrated. Oh, wow. um, he slammed his bottle of champagne pain down on the table it was sitting on and just started spraying it and like right after he slammed it the trophy just fell and broke in half on the ground oh damn <laughs> so that was kind of a little bit of a story it was like That's oh funny. they were joking about it and shit but you yeah. know what are you gonna do well, um you want to see move if there's on? anything else that i need to say on that oh one other thing and this will lead us into the next race um red bull takes a 229 point lead in the constructor championship um heading into next weekend's belgium grand prix so next weekend again there is racing i didn't get to watch this weekend's race i listened to like the last 10 or 12 laps because i was working so okay cool. but and you were recovering recuperating sleeping sleeping yeah. yes <laughs> well i'll try to tune in this weekend you better dude yeah you fucking better man uh, one thing to touch on in the NHL as we move forward, Bruins Patrice Bergeron, one of the best two-way centers of all time, uh, retires one day after his 38th birthday. He mulled retirement last year but returned on a one-year deal to help the Bruins to one of the best seasons in NHL history. Um, unfortunately, they fell to the Cinderella Florida Panthers. In the first round. In the first round, got knocked out. Um, he finished his entire 19-year career with the Bruins, uh, one Stanley Cup from 2011, six Selkie uh, trophies for best defensive forward, uh, and totals 427 goals and 1,000 points. Not too shabby for an NHL defenseman in 19 years. One hell of a career. Oh, yeah. Um, that was all I had for the NHL. Let's move into the MLB. Chad, take away. Let's get into it. The Rays in a slump. What about us? My family? Yes? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not in a slum, not that raise, but the Tampa Bay Rays in kind of a slump since the start of July. Uh, After they came back from the All-Star break, they kind of started falling behind, and then just most recently they played uh, the Baltimore Orioles, who are also in their league, and uh, the Orioles won three out of the four in that series to take first place in the AL. Yeah, the, the Rays started out good, but apparently, well, the Orioles don't have much money either, but you know. You can't hold on to the the greatness for long, apparently. No, but they have a lot more baseball history too. That Camden yeah. Yards man, I watched a game the other day. I mean, with Cal them. Ripken for Christ's sake. Yeah, damn, fucking legend. <laughs> the it's just such a beautiful stadium, so historic. It's it's really touted as one of the best stadiums in baseball. 
but yeah, they the Orioles have won 12 out of 15 to take first in the AL. Um, <clears throat> I'll give the standings here in a second, but yeah, now they're they're top of the league. Yeah, I've just got one thing to touch on, and it's it involves the Braves <laughs> and the Rockies, and then it's going to roll into another Rockies thing. Um, the Braves trade for right-handed reliever Pierce Johnson uh, from the Rockies and lefty Taylor Hearn from the Rangers to help boost their battered bullpen. Um, they currently have relievers Nick Anderson, Dylan Lee, and Jesse Chavez all on the 60-day IL. They give up pitching prospects Victor Vodnik, uh, which is a future 007 villain, and Tanner <laughs> Gordon to the Rockies. And speaking of the Rockies, they need those prospects because on Monday they just found out that they lost three of their top pitching pro- prospects ugh, to Tommy John surgery, Gabriel Hughes, Jordy Vargas, and Jackson Cox. To season-ending Tommy John surgery, they joined Antonio Sensatella, who was hoping to not get the surgery. Uh, he was hoping that the inflammation, everything would go down without surgical intervention, and it did not. So he will be getting the Tommy John surgery this week, shortly followed by the rest of those guys. Um, I think it's like the Texas Rangers like medical dude who does all these Tommy John surgeries, which is strange. I forget oh, wow. what his name is, but he's like the... Um, Oh yeah, because remember trainer. he was the one that did Dax when Dax got hurt yeah. last year. I yeah, about so that. it's that guy. I don't remember what his name is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Rockies, dude, they've lost along with those three those three prospects. Their top three starters this year: uh, Kyle Freeland, the re- most recent of which, uh, who I think is on the sixty day IL with a shoulder. So they're hurting. The, the they're playing the, the worst gets right worser. Now. Yep. Oh, did they are out of yeah, rain they're delay? Out of rain delay. Oh, they were it's in bottom rain of the delay. First. Bottom of the verse. Yep. Swing and a miss. Yeah, that's true. Um, okay, let's get into probably the most trendy topic in baseball. Ooh. Shohei Otani homered again on Sunday night, I believe it was, to hit his 36th home run of the year in his last home game before the trade deadline. That was going to be my point. It is the last home game and possibly the last home game for him as an angel before the trade deadline and yep. the foreseeable future. So, But they are pretty close to making the playoffs. They're not out of the picture yet. I think they're in a wild card spot, if I'm not mistaken. And they could get Mike Trout back here in a couple of weeks. I think he's probably going to... I think it's f- more like a month. Is it a month still? Yeah. Oh, I guess it was like eight weeks. Aaron Judge is supposed to come ago. back here pretty soon. I saw he was like taking batting practice and stuff and throwing yeah. and whatnot. But um, yeah... Th- I mean, the Angels are beating the Tigers right now, four to two. Uh, I mean, I think if the Angels can make the playoffs this year, I think they have a shot at trying to get them to stay. And I, I just, I see, you know, it's like we talked about with Jokic, these international guys. They're not really ones to go chase the money. Yeah, um, they aren't. But uh, he is going to make a shitload of money. I, do you think it's over six hundred or seven hundred? I think it's probably going to be like seven fifty. I bet so. That's insane, dude. Like 10 years. That's fucking un- unreal. Like 70 million a year. Something like that. <laughs> 75 million a year. <laughs> Jeez, man. Uh, but I saw like a stat that like he's the only person with over 100 strikeouts and over 30 home runs. It's him three times and then some dude from like 1918. Yeah. <laughs> he's also batting 302 right now, too. Yeah. So he's, 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 he's even like one of the best hitters in the league. Yeah. And one of the best pitchers. Well, he's not one of the, you know, top three, but he's, he's probably above, top five. He's above average for yeah, sure. For Definitely sure. above average. But yeah, it's uh, going to be interesting to see what happens because. <laughs> Why hold on to him for one hope of 
maybe making the playoffs before he inevitably leaves next year. Why not try and get as much as you can for him? I mean, you can't really trade picks and stuff in the in MLB, but you can definitely get a lot of prospects. A lot of prospects. You can trade players. I don't know, man. Maybe we'll have to do an ELE on this. I I feel look, you know, he's compared to Babe Ruth a lot, right? Yeah. What is considered the worst trade? Maybe in all of sports, the Babe Ruth trade from Babe the Ruth Red Sox from to the Yankees. Exactly the in curse. Nineteen twenty-eight, yeah. I believe it was. Yeah. Maybe not that year. I just made up a year, but I think it's close. You might actually be pretty close. Yeah, I don't know for sure, but yeah, yeah it was we'll a very long time ago, <laughs> and it took them a very long time to break that curse. Yeah. yeah, and so the Angels might have a curse after. I'd say maybe stick it out, try to get some other pitchers and hitters and prospects in there to. Make a run in the playoffs. Yeah. They're, I, they're not bad. Like I said, they're going to get trail back. So, I mean, they're going to be able to make a decent push. But And they also have that pitcher that they got. But he, I think, is still hurt. I can't remember his name right now. It's failing me. It came from the Nationals. Scherzer. Oh, uh, Scherzer. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> but that's it for the news for MLB. Uh, here's the standings. As of right now, like I mentioned, the Orioles have taken the top spot in the American League at 61-38. and 38. And they usurped the Tampa Bay Rays at 61 and 42. And then right under them is the Texas Rangers, 59 and 41, who are losing to the Astros right now. Where is that game? Oh, my God. Pull it up. I just fucking had it. Where was it? Uh, where's, oh, where's zero the to two. It's only the second inning. Nah. But the Texas Rangers, I like to see them doing well. Um, National League, Atlanta Braves. Still the best team in baseball, 64 and 34. They are seven games up on second place, Dodgers. I normally don't bring up the games back, but they're that. It's, it's getting to that point where it's going to be tough to make those up. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, we're in the second half of the season now. If they keep extending that lead, they're going to lock up that number one seed and keep that home field advantage. Dude, fuck the Dodgers. Oh, fuck. Seriously. <laughs> I'm so tired of seeing the Dodgers the, in the playoffs. The Dodgers. I mean, with all that money they have there, it's stupid. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Dodgers at 57 and 41, seven games back. And then behind them is the Milwaukee Brewers at 55 and 45, 10 games back of the Braves. Yeah. So, pretty interesting baseball. Uh, it's a pretty damn good year. They did um, extend Rob Manford, I believe, or maybe that was in talks. I can't remember. Um, oh, for the commissioner. Yeah. yeah, but it's it's a good move. Uh, it's pretty unanimous. This has been the best year in baseball yeah, in quite a, a while. Bit. Yeah, definitely. Uh, speaking of the Dodgers, one thing we did forget to mention in the NFL, Magic Johnson. Oh, I thought about it. Yeah, I saw honor it. Yep. And the commanders as the sale becomes official. It's official. Six point oh five billion? You know what's really what yeah, six point four, six point five million. Uh, six point oh five billion, yeah. Billion. And then did you see Schneider gets hit with a sixty million dollar fine on the way out? Yes, <laughs> which is I did. a drop in the hat when you just made six point <laughs> five billion. Yeah, <laughs> but like here, take this. Yeah, no, but maybe more noteworthy. <laughs> no, and go. <laughs> Magic Johnson did not say he's gonna rule out changing the moniker from the Commanders. He they said it's it. on the table and probably uh, uh, gonna happen. I hope so. Considering man. the fact they don't own the trademark to it, right? So yeah, seriously, we brought that up. Man. That's nuts. So yeah, I, I think would like they're to gonna have it. to, but I think now he owns. He might be one of the first um, I think African-American dudes to own basically one of every sports franchise. I think this is his fourth major sport that he yeah. owns. Yeah. So good on him, man. Dude's oh, yeah. fucking it's making awesome. moves. Obviously, it's a big 
conglomerate group that yeah. he's with, but he's, he's a major he's, part of that. I'm sure he's still minority owner in regards to the amount of money he put in, not just his skin color, but um, yeah, he's got to be putting in a decent amount at this point with all of the fucking shit he's done recently in terms of buying teams and stuff. So Right. Well, that's a good move, too, because you look at the value that the commanders have increased since their inception. It's yeah. astronomical. And Man, I just hope they keep the uniforms. I think the uniforms are fucking badass. I like oh, them. Oh, the new ones? Yeah. yeah. The colors are cool. I do I do like them. They, they have that old school kind of retro feel that we've been liking about some of the uniform yeah, changes man. that have been happening I'm just a this fan year. of matte black when I see matte black on cars and stuff. Yeah, it does look cool. nice. Yep, so hopefully they All keep right. it. Chris, you want to hear some music? Yeah, we're at that point. Um, the musical break. Uh, and we still got... Um, the Frickashinas. Oh my god, I just had a brain fart. Um, the Frickashinas. This song is Hey, do you want to watch me die again? Dude, they have some weird names just like horse Yeah, I know. It is. That's yeah, awesome. Just like Horse Bitch. Because I keep listening to the songs. So I'm like, where's the, the title of the song? It's not in there. <laughs> Generally not. So, um, yes. Hey, do you want to watch me die again by the Frickashinas off the new album? Thanks for the invite. You are going to hear that right Listen now. Up. We will be right back. We've Stick around, y'all.
are back. Chad is rocking out to the like Fricka Shinnas. Like Andrew going to yes. drum camp. Drum camp, dude. Drum it up, man. Uh, Sam, the drummer in their band, is a really good drummer. Uh, we've been buddies with most of these guys, like I said, for years. But we were buddies with Sam beforehand. Oh, cool. Uh, and he's a super good drummer. Um, the band's really good all the way around. They've yeah, been they in a really bunch are. of punk bands and stuff all throughout Denver through the years. So Cool. Uh, yeah, this is their new iteration of a band. They were the center scenes, the center, and now they're the Frickashinas as they, they get locked in. Playing anywhere live coming up? Um, I brought that up last week. Let me double check what it was. There we go. Um, Damn, your folder's getting big, bro. Dude, this is 44 episodes. You need you know? a binder, man. Um, oh, Herman's Hideaway, August 19th with Reno Divorce. It is the last show. Before they break to write new tunes, which is an inevitable thing <laughs> that all of us people in bands must do. That's what we're currently doing uh, in the Born Readies. But uh, like I said, Herman's Hideaway, August 19th with Reno Divorce. Go check them out if you haven't yet. Please go to thefrickashinas.com. The spelling on that is T-H-E-F-R-I-C-K-A-S-H-I-N-A-S.com. And you can find out when they are playing next and buy merch directly from them, which we always say is the best way to go directly from those who make it and you can find out uh, where to download their music or pay for their music or stream their music which is on all things streaming for the most part so um go check out the fricashinas uh how many more do we have another week left in fucking i think uh no this should be the last week is this the last week oh my god let me check i think next tuesday is the first let me check yeah you're right Next Tuesday is the first. We need to find a new band, then. We need to find a new band. I don't up. have one lined up. Well, I'll start. Um, so we'll I'll figure start that out. Um, but the Frickashin is thank you very much for being um, this month's music guest. We appreciate it greatly. Um, you guys are rad. And everyone, please go check them out. But we will have a new music break guest next week, which we will find out from some point between now and then we do things best <laughs> last minute yeah so. that's how we roll that's it how will i happen. made it barely through high school and some of college most of college for me <laughs> chad made it he finished i uh i gave up <laughs> you got an asphalt degree yeah, it's got, different yeah degree in the school of hard knocks <laughs> <man>. right <laughs> in the streets in the streets literal streets yeah yeah paving them uh <laughs> let's get into the ufc man let's talk a little bit about the fight night that happened let's talk a little bit about uh the 291 preview coming up this week hit it chris okay i will uh <laughs> <laughs> I wanna, bing, I can't, i'm not gonna talk about it until oh I wait hear. right now that's right. We do have that one still. That's I forgot I, I put hear. that one on there. I was yeah. like, what's he waiting for? <laughs> That's he's what waiting I'm waiting for, on, He's man. waiting for Mills Lane. I got to hear the one bell. More time, one more time. Let's get it on. All Let's right. It on. We're moving into the UFC, man. Uh, the fight night this week you missed because you were out and about hanging out at the ST9 concert. Whoa, whoa. I did STS9. STS9. Oh, my God. I almost said Tech 9. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been cool. Um, uh, so, yes, you were at the STS9 concert for the second time this last week. Um, yep. So I missed it. It was actually <clears throat> an early card thing. They must have known I was going to be out and about that night. But yeah, I was, was headed to Red Rock. still didn't watch it, you well, it fucking was, loser. I did watch the prelims. I missed the Molly McCann one. I watched a few of of them but yeah molly mccann got her arm almost snapped off she really needs to work on her jiu-jitsu because that's two fights in a row now where someone has just manhandled her with 
uh, grappling and jujitsu. She really, she's got a lot of hype, but she needs to work on her game a lot. Um, Tom Aspinall, though the head, the main event. Yeah, I, yeah, that dude is legit, and there's a lot of hype growing for him to fight John Jones here coming up. Yeah, he just rocked Tabura. I think it was like within the first thirty seconds. Yeah, I did the, not. The take fight long was over at all. Um, now makes five fights in a row that have lasted under two minutes for him, so he takes care of business fast and efficient. Yeah, he's like a, an assassin. But don't forget Tom about Sergey Assassin Aspinall. Yep. Yeah, from England. <laughs> he went. He That's was not fighting. his his actual nickname. I just gave him that just now. That is pretty cool. It sounds cool though. Yep. Take it, Tom. Uh, <laughs> he was fighting in his home country of England, so he had that the fans behind his back. Uh, the UFC fight nights will be, I think, shifting and like basically on a tour for the next like five or six weeks. So that's kind of cool. Um, oh, because isn't it? Oh no, never mind. Okay, I thought it was like the you. It was the international fight week or something. I oh no, that yeah, might that be why. But no, no, no. <clears throat> but this weekend we have a big pay-per-view coming up yes and i'm gonna go through most times you know i only talk about and i'm only going to talk about the co-main event and the main event but i am going to run through just the fights because there are a lot of big names on this card speaking of which on just the prelims a guy that's done a lot of uh main events and pay-per-views Derek lewis He's going to be fighting Marcos Rodrigo. Rodrigo? I think it's Rodrigo de Lima. De Lima. I can't even get the last part right. Marcos Rodrigo de Lima. Which is crazy because Derek Lewis is the underdog at plus 155. Oh, it's changed. He's now plus 170. So it's gotten even a little yeah, bit worse. I think that says a lot uh, and there. And then, yeah, Marcos is favored minus 200. Looks like he's got a 21 9 and 1 record versus Derek Lewis's 26 11 and 0. Yeah. So. He's had a lot of wins, but he's definitely in his decline. And you know he's just trying to make money at this point in his career. Then let's move up to the main card. First fight of the night on the main card, Michael Chiesa. Really legend in the game. Been fighting for a while against Kevin Holland, the big mouth. Uh, Kevin Holland is the favorite at minus 145. Michael Chiesa hasn't fought in a long time. But Kevin Holland... Last time we saw him, he looked really good, so I could see him pulling it off against an old vet and Michael Chiesa. Yeah, um, I do have a quick question, though. Is Michelle Pereira and Alex Pereira uh, related? I don't believe so. It's almost like a the name like Johnson in Brazil. Yeah, no, it's pretty, yeah. I'm almost positive they're not related. I just saw that, and I yeah. was like, maybe they're brothers. Yep. Uh, they look the same, but after... it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> After Michael Chiesa, then we got a very interesting fight here. Big fan favorite, Tony, Tony Ferguson. Ferguson. El Kukui. Tony the Turd Ferguson. <laughs> you can take that name too, man. <laughs> Versus Bobby Green. And that one's really good. Bobby Green is a guy that's had a lot of UFC fights. A, a veteran that's been in the game of a long time as well. Tony Ferguson is a guy that was a really... At the peak of his career, maybe four years ago, had the light heavyweight belt, or not light heavyweight belt, but the lightweight belt for a short stint. He is a big underdog, a plus 285, because he has, he's pretty much on, like, I think a three fight losing streak. Bobby Green's a minus 375 favorite. Big favorite in this. Yeah. Yeah. But Tony Ferguson, in the last statement I saw, he says he's not done yet. He's not, like, looking to retire. So. See him coming in with the fireworks. We'll see what happens after this fight. Yep. Next one. 
Very good one here. Another veteran and very exciting fighter. Probably the best kickboxer in the game. Steven Wonderboy Thompson versus Michael Pereira. He is the favorite at minus 165. Michael Pereira is a really exciting fighter. He's a number 15th ranked fighter. Uh, Steven Thompson's number seven. I mean, Steven Thompson's known. He He's very open about he doesn't want to grapple. He wants to stand up. I mean, he... As a guy that's won multiple uh, kickboxing world championships, I mean, he is considered one of the top kickboxers in the world. Uh, he's got a very wide, very unique stance. Uh, got that karate type stance, so expect fireworks in this one as well. Um, I think because of the headliner that I'm going to be talking about here in a second, I think that's why they booked a lot of these fighters because uh, it's it's going to be easy to see some some bangers on this card, I imagine. Yeah, it's definitely looking like one of the. It seems like the next few fights in general are going to be really good fights coming yeah. up. Even the fight night with Sand hanging after this oh, one. I can't wait and, for, I'm really glad they rebooked that. Man. Yeah. So yeah. Then let's move into the uh, co-main, dude. Co-main event, huge fight here. Probably going to determine who's going to fight for the light heavyweight championship coming here coming forward. Since, um. Jamal Hill had to vacate the title after a Achilles rupture. Yes, that was very unfortunate. Those Achilles, are, those are hard to those are those for sure are a year. Yeah, <laughs> at least sometimes, if not two years. I remember when I was doing my rehab for my torn Achilles. There was a couple guys do or you mean your ACL? torn ACL. There was a couple guys in there for an Achilles, and their rehab looked worse than mine. I, I felt so bad for him, man. It's just. God, it's it's that shit rolls ankle. up the back of your leg, man. <laughs> you put all your weight on it. Oh, it's just it's so unfortunate. I mean, Jamal Hill's a really young and exciting fighter. You hate to see it. Um, so I would imagine whoever wins this fight between Jan Blahovich and Alex Pereira will fight Yuri Prohaska for the title going forward. Um, but Jan Blahovich, last time we saw him was against Ankalov uh, back in December of 2022 where that was a very controversial draw. And it's just one of those where you, if you even watch UFC countdown, you could see uncle Love just like hopping around on one foot because he took so many, so many kicks. Yeah. And Jan was like, if I just would have thrown a few more kicks, I know I would have won it, but unfortunately it didn't in a draw. So we couldn't get the title. Um, and then you got Pereira who's moving up after getting knocked out by Izzy to light heavyweight from middleweight and already the number two ranked fighter in that division. And I, I have a hard time picking this fight and I think Vegas feels the same way. Jan Blahovich at minus 120 and then Alex Pereira at minus 110, pretty much a coin flip. Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens, especially after him struggling uh, against Izzy with Pereira. But it's like we've been saying, and it's like Dana said uh, after that fight, he needs to be up at light heavyweight yeah. because he's cutting like twenty pounds, thirty actually. Yeah, yeah, to just even fight. So it's just like you know you're losing all of of your natural body mass just to try and fight. Oh, yeah. So uh, it'll definitely be interesting. Jan Blahovich though does seem like you know. He's legit, so we'll see what happens here. He is my pick because he is a much better wrestler. Alex Pereira really doesn't have any background of wrestling, and anytime he's had to deal with that, he has a hard time. Obviously, he's got a kickboxing background that is like his main skill set. Really doesn't yeah, come no with submissions, much, no really <laughs> jujitsu or grappling experience. And then you look at Jan Blahovich's power; he is a natural 
light heavyweight where Alex Pereira is coming up. And he is a natural light heavyweight as well. Like Chris was just saying, he cuts a lot of weight. But that power, that Polish power that Jan is so proud of is, I believe, the deciding deciding factor. And I think that's what Jan's going to do. He's going to out-wrassle him. (laughs) I said it like that, dude. I I listened to Theo's podcast with Hulk Hogan today. Wrestling? It was... So entertaining, uh, I'll have man. To check that one. Oh, man. Hulk Hogan really in real life does say brother, brother, brother no, yeah, a lot. dude. It's he's so been doing that for like fucking forty years. Man. He's a stand-up guy, man. It's uh, he's getting investing into like weed companies now because he doesn't really he doesn't drink anymore. Yeah. Remember no. when he got like fucking um, the whole thing with the sex tape and all yeah, that? Yeah, where those people like, yep. <laughs> like fucking put a security cam in that bedroom. It was and, pretty like, fucked up. Fucking framed him. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's pretty shitty. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy yeah. though. Like, it's easy to forget that he literally had a reality TV show for like five years. Oh yeah, yeah. His like daughter was a big part of it and stuff. Yeah, too, I forget what the fuck it was called. It was really cool listening to a story, man. If no one, if anybody out there listens to Theo Vaughn's podcast, it's the, this past weekend, and he did Hulk Hogan. And God damn, it was entertaining. Speaking of just um, wrestling in general, uh, I don't know if you've ever checked it out. I guess this is a little bit of a rec center, if you will. But uh, Vice News, um, The Dark Side of the Ring. Mm-mm. Dude, you got to check it out. Is that a docu-series? A docu-series, yeah. I think they're on season four or five now. Okay. But it's just like the craziest stories from like wrestling like people getting murdered like back in the day like back 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 in the day uh like crazy drug stuff like all of the crazy like insane stories that you would think would be happening in the 70s as giant dudes travel around in cars and buses together they would wrestle (laughs) like 360 days out of the year yeah i mean literally yeah especially like once it got big and the um region started um you know, becoming one. Yeah. Yeah. You were just wrestling constantly. It, it's crazy. I love listening to stories. I've listened, I've listened to podcasts with Ric Flair, with, uh, the undertaker. And I like listening Jake to those older too. When he was talking about, uh, fucking the that giant guy. on, uh, Joe Rogan, I think. I think that was when he told the story about them going and I was like after a match and he had, he got like, uh, he had to drive the giant there. He was like his driver. Yeah. And he, the giant was like, Andre the Giant was like, I need two cases of beer. And this guy's like, what the fuck is he need two cases of beer for? He just slams and he's, like, and he's like, yeah. He's like, so then we get out and he's like, I go to grab the rest of the beer and it's all gone. And he's like, we drove for like three hours and yep. he drank two cases of beer and never pissed once. Yeah. Andre the Giant was just drink beer, like, <laughs> yeah. like water, basically. But no, if you haven't yet, check it out. Uh, the Dark Side of the Ring, I think there's, I think there might be... There's like a spinoff of it now too. I don't even know. Check it out though. It's super interesting, super entertaining. Cool. Um, yeah, if you don't have anything to watch sports wise, check out Dark Side of the Ring, yeah, man. Definitely. But um, yeah, so so um, yeah, because of that wrestling, I do have Jan Blahovich picked to win. Was quite the the. It's all good. We circled <laughs> back around, man. It's just funny how we take these fucking sharp turns. We're like, and we're talking about wrestling. Dude, I'm surprised because when I was like in my early 20s, I remember working at Tokyo Joe's and I'd get started talking about something and I'd lose my tra- track of mine so fast. Yeah. And now I don't know what it is, but I'm on track. You're on point. I don't You're know. Just locked is. in. Yeah. Laser beam focus. Yeah. I know what it is. <laughs> Your but tractor beam fucking works. Okay. So. Headliner, uh, main event for the BMF title. Yes. Not a real title, but kind no, of a but real 
tactical where you can touch it's it. It's something you can tangible. pretend is a real title and yeah. make a bunch of money off of it. Yeah, that's pretty much true. And um, it was Jorge Masvidal's title, but when he retired, it was vacant. And so now Dana had to make a match, and he made the best one possible. And it's a rematch. Dustin Poirier versus Justin Gaethje. This is a tough one for me, man. These are two of my favorite Yeah, fighters. these are two of the best brawlers in UFC history, basically. They really yeah. are. Uh, Justin Gaethje, I've mentioned on the pod many times, one of my favorite fighters because he fights out of here, right out of uh, Wheat Ridge, Colorado. Wheat Ridge. Uh, for Trevor Whitman. And then Dustin Poirier fights down an American top team, from Louis- and he's from Louisiana. But he's a stand-up guy, does a lot for um, uh, charity, so does Justin. I watched UFC Countdown, and he did a golf tournament out by Red Rocks um, that was for veterans, and it was really cool oh, because nice. he was very adamant in saying that he you know, isn't a veteran, didn't serve, but he knows how hard it is for organizations. There's not enough organizations that try to get those veterans together to show the camaraderie and get them together and appreciate them. So these guys are both just – they're not Conor McGregor's, if you will, yeah, basically. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. And, yes, they are super entertaining, great candidates for the BMF, baddest motherfucker title. And uh, to recap, the last time they fought was back in 2018, and Dustin won by TKO because Justin fights one way and one way only, where he stands right in there like a phone Just booth. boxing. And takes hits. Throwing blows. Takes damage. But in that fight, he threw so many leg kicks and landed leg kicks on Dustin that Dustin was almost crippled after it. Had to get basically was on crutches leaving the arena and survived basically all of those leg kicks um, and landed a few shots and his hands. I mean, this is what I've always said about Dustin Poirier. I don't know what it is about him. I would like to see the numbers behind it. Because you see him with gloves on. I'm I'm looking at the uh, promo of it right now. It just seems like his hands are bigger. You know, you heard the whole thing about Brock Lesnar, how he had to get like, yeah, specially like, made yeah, gloves. They had to- <laughs> I wonder if he has bigger size hands than the rest of the guys in the lightweight because you look at when he lands punches as opposed to anybody else. And I know he's got big shoulders. He's a strong guy. He hits hard. He has a big boxing background. He is considered one of the best boxers in the UFC. But his damage, his impact yeah. is way worse than a lot of other guys. And that's because even in that last fight, he fucked up Gaethje. Like his face is pretty red. He did, after man. That and one. that's what I was about to say: is there's not too many guys that knock out uh, and just basically stop Gaethje. I mean, we've seen Gaethje stand in there and have some wars, but Dustin is one that got the job done. And yep. I mean, we've seen him finish Conor McGregor. We've seen him finish Max Holloway. Uh, I just this guy. Um, you know, I didn't realize um, – I know I'm getting on this a little bit too much, but this is something I didn't realize. How he got his start into the UFC is there was a guy um, – I'm forgetting his name right now, but he was pretty much a no-name guy that was supposed to fight Jose Aldo. And Jose Aldo was like the new hot thing at that time, won like 10 fights, eventually won the title. And this, this guy that was supposed to fight Jose Aldo uh, got injured, and so they just got this replacement fighter on three weeks' notice – Dustin uh, Poirier comes in, and this actually, somebody out there, correct me if I'm wrong, might have, uh, Jose Aldo might have already lost the title at this point, but he was already a legend. So Dustin comes in, first fight of his career, and beats Jose Aldo, and the rest is history. Yeah. You know, I mean, this guy has, you look at the resume, the guys he's beat, it is insane. 
Unfortunately, I think he does beat Justin Gaethje just because his hands are so fucking heavy, man. He's got yeah. bricks in those gloves. He might. We might need to get the uh, yeah inspect them. Inspect this. Check those gloves out. That's right. Um, but I definitely don't think that it's going to be an easy task at all. I think Justin is going to go down with a fight, and I would imagine there might be a couple drops of blood shed in this one. Yeah, this is definitely going to be one of those fights where at the end of it, they both look just like hamburger meat and just like, you know, a guy swollen shut. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck that. I would not doubt it, man. But, you know, Dustin, when I was watching UFC Countdown, he does hold his hands a little lower than conventional fighters because he just is a, that's just how he fights. And yeah. I think because of that, uh, Justin might take advantage of that. And his jab is a nasty jab and he might find his way, um, in there with those hands being low. So we'll see. But my, uh, picks are Blahovich and Gaethje. And I think wonder boy will beat Michael Pereira. 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 All right. That wraps it up for UFC 291. We'll recap it next week. Let's hope I win some money. And let's hit it hard. Chris. It's time to. Hit it hard, man. I hit it hard, man. So far, man. No laying up, no holding back. Ain't afraid of nothing. It's a natural fact. I hit it long, man. Till it's gone, man. Keep taking chances. Live at large. I hit it, hit it, hit it hard. And we are back. For the final time of episode 44 of Fringe Fanatics, and you just heard John Daly hit it hard, man. And that means it is time for the Daily Dose of Excellence. That's right. And this week, we're going to the world of football. We are. Or soccer, for that matter, if you're living in the United States. That's right. And uh, it's Lionel Messi. Tell us about it, Chad. Um, On Friday night? I believe it, it was, was Friday night. Friday night. Yes, Friday. First game of Inter Miami. Uh, David Beckham, one of the owners of that club, brought in Messi. Huge asset. I mean, got paid a ton of money. Miami's team was pretty atrocious. They haven't beaten. They hadn't beaten a good team since May, I believe it was. And first game back, came down to the very end in extra minutes, and then a penalty kick comes. Free kick goes to Messi. And I don't know about you, man. I really wanted to talk about this because I don't understand how they do this in soccer where they'll kick it and they can make they this curve ball it. curve yeah. in such a way that is like an bend art. It, form. Bend it like Beckham, you right. know, the movie. Seriously. Because <laughs> it looked like this ball was going outside the goal, curves back in, like the most beautiful kick you've ever seen. And they win and the the crowd goes insane right on the sidelines. You see Serena Williams. You see LeBron, LeBron James. James. Yeah, all the stars. <laughs> it was incredible. And we want to just hand it to him because I'm a fan of sports. I'm a fan of the WNBA. I was watching it right before we got started here. I love all sports. And I want to see the MLS rise and kind of – Get the notoriety that it does, and maybe start to eventually, uh, like, be a competitor to the, the Euro Europe, leagues. Yeah, the Euro leagues. They're I don't know if it'll ever get ever that be far that way because they're way better there. Yeah, they're way better, and we'll talk about the money getting spent over there here in a minute. But um, yeah, Lionel Messi comes here. Uh, he 
signs between it's basically between 15 and 60 million dollars annually putting the total contract value between 125 million and 150 million in cash alone but it's um, revenue though the Wait. revenue alone we brought this up i think it was two episodes ago Something about the ticket prices were like twenty dollars for well, the first game, and then they jumped up to like fucking four hundred dollars. You know, I guess I said that wrong. What I want to get at is um, the contract stipulations in there also have a lot to do with um, the actual revenue from the team. Oh, I'm where, sure he's getting like yeah, he a gets part a big ownership part of that. or something, and I think yeah. sponsorships and stuff that the teams use. He's yeah. a big part of that, and so. The better the MLS does, which is owned by Car Hunt, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Is good for America, basically. You yeah. Know? And it's good for our national team. The better the guys we get, you know, hopefully we do better in the World Cup. We've been doing all right. But it's just good to see because it's, you know, it's good for soccer. You know, I have a little nephew, um, Patrick, 12 years old now, and he loves soccer. And it's nuts. I've, I have heard where... Um, Soccer is gaining a lot of steam in younger generations. I don't get it, but for our generation, we never really kind of quite got into it. You know, it was always football it's and always baseball. It's always football, basketball, we and made stuff fun like of that. The kids that played soccer. But um, a lot of my younger cousins and just like the younger generations are really into soccer. Well, it's like I said, man, if, you know, me and Maryland are procreating, I'm probably going to be putting like golf clubs and, and a soccer ball in this kid's hands and feet with as soon as possible. Yeah. You know, because if golf, you can lose and basically make six figures. And uh, in soccer, you can go play in the Euro League for hundreds of millions of dollars. Hundreds of millions of dollars, <laughs> which leads us into the astronomical news of Mbappe. Mbappe. Kylian Mbappe. Get into um, it, Chris. From PSG, the um, France, the Franks um, main EuroLeague team. Uh, they're currently in an issue where he does no, he no longer wants to play with them. And um, the Saudi Arabian team, which let me try and figure out what, they call, what they're called. Well, whoever it is, uh, they it's Al Halil, I believe. Yeah, Al, Al Halil. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're effectively paying one billion dollars euro, so that's a lot more than just regular old yeah. American money. <laughs> uh, they, so one billion euro. I mean, almost half him, of that. They offered him how much? Uh, he's getting seven hundred and what is it? Well, let's not say getting. He's he's offered this means well, he hasn't he did, got it yet. He yeah. did come out and say he's not interested in it, which is weird. It is very weird. I mean, I don't know what his plans are, but you know, he, apparently to him, money isn't an issue. <laughs> so it's basically they're going to be paying like three hundred and some million dollars to yeah. buy him out from PSG, <laughs> and then they're going to be basically offering him seven hundred and fifty million dollars or seven hundred seventy million dollars in wages for one year. For one year of of play, and there's nothing guaranteed after that, and. Uh, I think what LeBron James has made like 500 million in his career or something like that outside of sponsorships yeah. and all kinds of yeah. other investments, but oh, yeah. career earnings, 531 million. Uh, and yeah, Mbappe is going to get 776 million for one year. So LeBron wow. James's 20 year career. He's made $200 million less and what he can and career make. earnings and what Mbappe is going to make in one fucking year, <laughs> dude. I don't. I don't think the whole That's world insane, realizes man. how much money the Saudis have. I mean, I think they we have golf. an idea, but I don't think we <laughs> clearly know. I think no. it's almost like 
Who was that dude? Scrooge, not Scrooge McDuck, but the the rich duck that uh, and jumped Ducktales in, jumped into like the pool of gold coins. Yeah, I think that was in the beginning of Ducktales, wasn't it? Well, it was in a, a bunch of different stuff. I believe it was. It was like just just Disney shit. I can't yeah, think of what I it can't was. think of it either. But anyway, that's basically what the Saudis are, dude. I mean, it's oil money. Billions to them is like, well. According to TRT World, the Saudi royal family is worth $1.4 trillion. That they... Trillion. Are releasing, you know, because... Yeah. That's just it. When it comes to, like, Forbes' richest people in the world, you know, technically... uh, What's his face? Uh, Fucking Twitter. Uh, Elon Elon Musk is the world's richest man, but... In Saudi Arabia, it's not required for you to release your yeah. tax documents. So. And we don't know how much all that shit's tied up in, you know, real estate and all that stuff yeah. that you can't, I mean, unless you, you know, really dive into someone's net worth, it's hard to f- calculate all that shit. But yeah, it's just, they've got the money to burn and clearly, you know, you buy golf and then, you know, you're going to pay one guy to play for your team for, for half a billion dollars for one year. Yeah. Fucking nuts, man. But so, anyways, this isn't about Kylian Mbappe. This is about Lionel Messi. Uh, yep. And now he is bringing things back to the MLS. Um, he is going to hopefully reinvigorate the MLS and maybe bring them a little bit more into the forefront where they've been sitting behind all the major sports um, leagues. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, I do think we're already going to see some of um, the changes being made just from having Messi. We talked about it a little bit before we started recording. I saw reports where they might be paying for all the teams that have artificial turf to tear it up and put down real turf because Messi has never played on anything but real turf. So. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I mean, they're really worried about this investment. I think even MLS as a whole is like, we got to do everything we can to keep this guy here. He is. As long as possible. Like one of the best soccer players in the world, if not the best. Yeah. So, you know, you got to value that asset. And I think he's really going to increase the ratings quite a bit. Um, I didn't get into it, but uh, the U.S. national women's team, I did. Uh, I know I said I was going to bring yeah. it up next week, but one stat that I forgot is – their ratings for that game against Vietnam, where they beat them 3-0, drew 6.26 million viewers, making it the most watched soccer match since last year's men's World Cup final. I mean, that's pretty wild. The that is pretty cool. For the championship, we're only averaging like 11 and a half, 12 million. So right. they're half of that, which for it being just, you know, women's soccer compared to the NBA playoff finals, that's pretty that's wild. Quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. Pretty awesome. And we saw it happen even with the uh, NCAA women's college basketball last year. That's true. So um, it's good to see everything on the up and up. Progress sports, is good in all things. In general, sports ball is fun. Sports ball is fun, and it's never going away. So get Like used Steve Brule said, <laughs> check it out. <laughs> it's for your health. Yeah. <laughs> and on that note... Uh, Again, we aren't doing shots, so this one just goes out to you guys. Like, share, and subscribe yes, to us. on all things social media. And if you've made it this far and you're watching or listening us to us, please like and subscribe to us. Rate us five stars. Helps immensely. And stay tuned. We are going to be talking about the Fantasy League next week. Things are getting going on 
that. So we're yes. going to start broaching that subject and talking about when we're going to be doing the draft and all those cool things. So um, that's on the agenda for next week. Uh, on that note, Chad, I love you, buddy. Love you, buddy. We'll see you next week. We'll definitely see you next week. Farewell, and we will see viewers and listeners. All of you guys uh, next week. Thanks for tuning in. As always, we love each and every one of you. And we'll see you next week on episode 45. Farewell. Of French Fanatics.